Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? Doing good, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and we were talking before we started recording. You've got a bit of a weather mess in your neck of the woods. Yeah, things are... Uh... Things have been pretty dynamic, honestly, the last couple of weeks, but we're uh, getting a cold front. I guess tonight's Tuesday night when we're recording this, and it's going to blow in tonight. We're going to have uh, freezing temperatures and going to be in the 30s into the morning. And then um, really for the next week to 10 days, we're going to have lows around the upper 20s and 30s. So it's... Uh, we're getting, you know, every every year we get this little kind of early spring tease where we get some some really solidly warm weather and good smallmouth fishing, and and uh, then we kind of get our faces kicked in by winter again. So that's that's what we're looking at for the next ten days or so. Yeah, let's us talk about too whether or not we're going to have apples from Virginia. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, a little ways off. yeah, but you know, you, they're going to start complaining. It's like down here in the Carolinas, start talking about the peach crop when you get that like late frost. But, yeah. um, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting cause it is going to be raw, right? Cause I saw highs like in the, you know, low to mid forties and you put a little wind on that and that's going to make for a pretty nasty day on the water. Yep. Yep. So, you know, that is to say we, we've had quite a bit of high water here lately with a few inches of rain and that's had um, our musky fishing kind of sidelined a little bit um the the rivers are still you know pretty much across the board the new river and the mountain streams are are full to high at the moment and and dropping and and clearing um mountain streams are definitely fishable but um and the new is fishable too so it's it's a little on the high side and particularly the the upper new is going to be a little dirty and the uh the lower new just being subject to uh the dam in radford is going to be bouncing around a bit so just because you see you know six thousand cubic feet at radford tonight doesn't mean it might not be 7500 tomorrow morning so um that's kind of what we're dealing with um they're calling for a little bit more rain uh later this week and nothing significant, it doesn't look like. And then potentially some snow next week. So, again, not that it's spring, but kind of typical late winter spring in Virginia. Yeah, which also gets us, we're kind of at that bubble, right? We were talking about water temperatures. I mean, we're getting kind of to the end of the road on the musky thing. And that also means, you know, you either have been or you're getting ready to kind of really gear up for pre-spawn smallmouth. Yeah, so so we have been doing some smallmouth fishing. Um when we've had some windows to do so um and then yeah the the musky thing um lots of people like to talk like muskies start spawning the first of april and that's uh maybe a good ballpark but a lot of times it seems like it's a little more mid-march um at least in my neck of the woods when we hit and it just depends on the year, but mid mid March or so, and when we hit fifty degrees consistently, this cold weather that we're getting this week might uh, well we'll we'll probably certainly drop our water temperatures if uh, they're they're right in the upper up mid to upper forties at the moment, um, potentially touching fifty depending on where you are. 
but we're going to definitely cool down a little bit here in the next few days. And so we'll get a, get a little bit of life left in the husky season, but it is not long for this world. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting too. I got a question for you from Brenner since we're kind of slightly shifting gears towards smallmouth, and he wanted to get your thoughts on kind of when and how to fish a, a popper dropper rig for smallmouth. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I am probably not the best person to ask. I've messed with it a little bit, but mostly wrote it off because I I felt it, it kind of worked against me to a certain degree. Um, when a, a lot of times when I'm fishing topwater flies for smallmouth, particularly um, bug fishing, I'm hunting for larger fish. And that, in my mind, that dropper on that rig is is, is kind of a uh, is it's definitely born of of the trout mindset, but it's it's in my mind a little bit of a uh, I don't know kind of a, a stab at, at trying to get a fish that doesn't want to take your topwater offering. And um, if I'm if I'm doing a lot of uh, sight fishing or, or targeting larger fish that I know to be hanging out in certain areas. I want them to be focused on my bug. And I think if you have, you know, 18 inches of tippet hanging off of your bend of your hook and, you know, some kind of minnow pattern or damselfly nymph or something like that hanging down below it, um, it's a little bit of a distraction and potentially um, spooking some fish just because a lot of times when they react to that bug, they're going to come under and, and, you know, slowly move over your bug and sit underneath of it and inspect it. And I don't want any junk kind of hanging down in their face. So not something that I mess with a bunch. Um, obviously I'd never discourage anybody from messing around with, with different rigs and stuff, but, um, that's that's kind of my take on it. I, it. I don't really feel like I have much of a need for it. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I've certainly seen trout back off when they, you know, that little mono brushes across their back and they're like, they're done, right? It's over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're not, uh, and, and you know, thinking, and that's, I guess I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but the reason why it, it kind of feels like a, like a last ditch effort, like, I'm going to put this dropper on because I'm not positive. It's going to take my top water bug. And when I'm top water fishing in the summertime, my, my perception or my, my aim is that we're targeting the largest, heaviest fish in the river this way, because they have a lot of body weight to maintain in some really warm water and they need to expend as low energy as possible. So this bug that splats down on the surface, which, you know, that splat I'm a huge fan of because smallmouth bass, just like any sunfish species, is kind of programmed to react to anything that splats down in the water near them. Um, They're going to react to it. They're going to go check it out or at least eyeball it. And if they're under the impression that it's a fairly helpless terrestrial insect that's stuck in the surface film, um, they, they should eat it because that's their best case scenario in the summertime. So 
uh, that dropper just doesn't really fit into my playbook really. Yeah. I, I would imagine too, you know, if you were fishing a bait fish under a popper, you're really not getting that action on the bait fish. That's going to trigger a strike. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, right. Yeah. I mean, certainly not a bug, you know, you could, you could again, potentially, um, you know, actually use a, a popper, which I guess may be the actual question here. Um, Use a popper that you're going to animate and move across the surface with with something underneath, which is a, is an entirely different ball game. In my mind, that's kind of you know, in my mind, fishing a popper on the surface is basically fishing a streamer um, because you're imitating a food source that's either swimming or kicking or doing something like that on the surface. So if you have a dropper behind that, potentially that's you know a little, you know, cluster of bait fish or, you know, take your pick, you know, um, a little bit different. Yeah. Well, it's like running a spread for stripers or, or billfish, right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media. And if we use your question, I will send you some articulate fly swag and we'll enter you in a drawing for some cool stuff from Matt at the end of the season. And Matt, before I let you go, I saw your newsletter, I know you're, you're, you know, you've got dates that are kind of a little bit later in the season, but you want to let folks kind of know what you have available and how to catch up with you and get on your guidebook. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, let's see. Um, there's kind of a smattering of dates, 20 or so between, um, the end of March and the end of September or so. Um, and then, um, we're, you know, started to book a couple of musky dates for the, for this coming fall, but, you know, not really putting too much pressure on that at the moment. Just looking to, uh, make sure anybody that wants to get out smallmouth fishing gets a, a date where they'd like to get it. But at this point, August is totally booked. Um, June's pretty much booked. April's pretty much booked. March is pretty much booked. So there's this mattering here and there, but, um, always, uh, always feel free to reach out. Um, all my information's on my website, which is mattrylandflyfishing.com. And if, while you're there, if you want to, um, sign up for that newsletter, that's where any kind of last minute cancellations are going to go first. So, um, definitely check that out too yeah there you go and folks you owe it to yourself even though it's going to cool off a little bit for the next week or so get out there and catch a few tight lines everybody tight lines matt thanks marvin <laughs>